Section 12 of Reminiscences and Table Talk of Samuel Rogers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In Monk Lewis's writings, there is a deal of bad taste, but still he was a man of genius. I'll tell you two stories which he was very fond of repeating and which Wyndham used to like. The first is The Skeleton in the Church Porch. Some travellers were supping at an inn in Germany and sent for the landlord to give them a glass of wine. In the course of conversation, the landlord remarked that a certain person whom they happened to speak of was as obstinate as the skeleton in the church porch. What is that? they inquired. The landlord said that he alluded to a skeleton which it was impossible to keep underground, that he had twice or thrice assisted in laying it in the charnel, but that always the day after it had been buried, it was found lying in the church porch. The travellers were greatly struck by this account, and they expressed an eager desire to see the refractory skeleton. At last, a young serving-woman coming into the room, they asked her if she, for a reward, would go to the church porch and bring the skeleton to them. She at first refused to do so, but eventually the travellers offered a sum of money which she could not resist. Be it particularly observed that the young woman was then big with child. Well, off she went to the church, and having found the skeleton in its usual place, she brought it to the inn on her back and laid it upon the table before the travellers. They had no sooner looked at it than they wished it gone, and they prevailed on the young woman for another sum of money to carry it again to the church porch. When she arrived there, she set it down, and turning away, she was proceeding quickly upon the path which led from the church, and which was seen stretching out before her in the clear moonlight, when suddenly she felt the skeleton leap upon her back. She tried to shake it off, but in vain. She then fell on her knees and said her prayers. The skeleton relaxed its hold, and she again rushed down the path, when, as before, the skeleton leapt upon her back. I will never quit you, it said, till you descend into the charnel and obtain forgiveness for the skeleton that lies in the church porch. She paused a moment, then, summoning up her courage, replied that she would do so. The skeleton dropped off. Down she went into the charnel, and after groping about for some time, she perceived the pale figure of a lady sitting by a lamp and reading. She advanced towards the figure and, kneeling, said, I ask forgiveness for the skeleton that lies in the church porch. The lady read on without looking at her. Again she repeated her supplication, but still the lady read on, regardless of it. The young woman then ascended from the charnel and was running down the path when the skeleton once more arrested her progress. I will never quit you, it said, till you obtain forgiveness for the skeleton that lies in the church porch. Go again into the charnel and ask it. Again the young woman descended, and advancing to the lady, sunk upon her knees and cried, I come a second time to ask forgiveness for the skeleton that lies in the church porch. Oh, grant that forgiveness. The skeleton implores it. I implore it. The babe that I bear in my womb implores it also. 
the lady turned her head towards the speaker, gave a faint smile, and disappeared. On coming up from the channel, the young woman found the skeleton standing erect in the porch. I am now here, it said, not to trouble you, but to thank you. You have at length procured me rest in the grave. I was betrothed to the lady whom you saw in the charnel, and I basely deserted her for another. I stood at the altar, about to be married to my second love, when suddenly the lady rushed into the church, and having stabbed herself with a dagger, said to me as she was expiring, You shall never have rest in the grave, no, never, till the babe unborn shall ask forgiveness for you. The skeleton rewarded the good offices of the young woman by discovering to her the place where a heap of treasure was concealed. The second story is Lord Hart's Rat. Tom Sheridan was shooting on the moors in Ireland and lost his dog. A day or two after it made its appearance following an Irish labourer, it was restored to Sheridan, who remarked to the labourer that the dog seemed very familiar with him. The answer was, yes, it follows me as the rat did Lord Howth. An inquiry about this rat drew forth what is now to be told. Lord Howth, having dissipated his property, retired in very low spirits to a lonely chateau on the sea coast. One stormy night a vessel was seen to go down, next morning a raft was beheld floating towards the shore. As it approached, the bystanders were surprised to find that it was guided by a lady, who presently stepped upon the beach. She was exquisitely beautiful, but they were unable to discover who or what she was, for she spoke in an unknown tongue. Lord Howth was struck with great pity for this fair stranger, and conducted her to his shadow. There she remained a considerable time, when he became violently enamoured of her, and at last asked her to become his wife. She, having now learned the English language, thanked him for the honour he intended for her, but declared in the most positive terms that she could never be his. She then earnestly advised him to marry a certain lady of a neighbouring county. He followed her advice paid his addresses to the lady, and was accepted. Before the marriage, the beautiful stranger took a ribbon from her hair, and binding it round the wrist of Lord Howth, said, Your happiness depends on your never parting with this ribbon. He assured her that it should remain constantly on his wrist. She then disappeared, and was never seen again. The marriage took place. The ribbon was a matter of much wonder and curiosity to the bride, and one night while Lord Howth was asleep, she removed it from his wrist and carried it to the fire that she might read the characters inscribed upon it. Accidentally she let the flame reach it, and it was consumed. Some time after, Lord Howth was giving a grand banquet in his hall when the company was suddenly disturbed by the barking of dogs. This, the servant said, was occasioned by a rat which the dogs were pursuing.
Presently the rat, followed by the dogs, entered the hall. It mounted on the table, and running up to Lord Howth, stared at him earnestly with its bright black eyes. He saved its life. From that moment it never quitted him. Wherever he was, alone or with his friends, there was the rat. At last the society of the rat became very disagreeable to Lord Howth, and his brother urged him to leave Ireland for a time that he might get rid of it. He did so, and proceeded to Marseille, accompanied by his brother. They had just arrived at that place, and were sitting in the room of an hotel, when the door opened, and in came the rat. It was dripping wet, and went straight to the fire to dry itself. Lord Hout's brother, greatly enraged at the intrusion, seized the poker and dashed out its brains. "'You have murdered me,' cried Lord Howth, and instantly expired. End of section 12